0: Hi, this is Tim Akesee from Atlanta, Georgia. It's August of 2020, and kids are going back to school in the middle of the pandemic. Things are surely crazy. Some are going back in person. Some are online only. Some are a hybrid, going to school part of the week and online the rest. Some children will surely begin in person and be swept home again when there's a spike at their school. One thing we do know is that kids who stutter need our help more than ever in these difficult times. Let's take a moment and thank our teachers, our speech pathologists, our administrators, and everyone that had to rally in March, April, May, and June to salvage a school year for the kids. Here in Atlanta, you might get snow once or twice a year, and so school will be closed for a day or two. And we, we know how to handle that. No one is ready for what happened. No university and no school. And we're not totally ready for what's coming. Let's talk about what we can do to help these kids and teachers and parents support kids who stutter. There are six things I'd like to cover in this podcast. The first one is the the elephant in the room. Everyone is overwhelmed. Speech pathologists and teachers, we're overwhelmed. We'd like to see kids in person. In some cases, we can't. If we're a speech pathologist, we'd like FaceTime or Zoom. Sometimes our caseloads don't permit us to actually see our kids. It depends where you are in the country. Parents trying to hold down a career around the corner from children doing school online. There's teachers who are also parents who are working from home, trying to teach their students and be a parent and support maybe a spouse. There's the kids. The kids went through different stages of grieving when they were pulled out of school, dance, ballet, gymnastics. There were children who couldn't do their bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs then all of a sudden their summer camp was taken also. They thought for sure back in April and May that summer camp would happen, but it didn't. Now understand that children have anxiety too. And when their routines are upended, there's a lot of what-ifs, Those are ways that children develop anxiety. If you go on the Internet and Google, put in the search words, COVID, anxiety, and children, it's sad but true. You'll see pages and pages of documents about how COVID and being home has caused anxiety for the children. So let's be really, really patient with our children right now. Be careful what we say and how we, 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 if you think about it, we edit their news. The way we talk about things places beliefs in their mind, sometimes helpful, sometimes add fear. So let's all be careful. Number two is to advocate. I have a handout on my website, stuttering-specialist.com. This is very helpful with specific ways to help children who stutter in the classroom. Remember, parents, that our teachers are overwhelmed right now. You want to make the phone call. If you just send them a handout, it may get lost in the shuffle. Can you imagine if you worked at a school right now, how many handouts and emails and memos you are getting with the ever-changing ways to try to cope with the virus? Every week it's going to change. In addition to all of the tips for in-classroom that are on my handout, there's a couple more things we have to add that are important, and that is supporting our child who stutters who has to speak on the computer for classes. If we go back to springtime, I heard specific stories of children who had to upload a video and the parents didn't even know they had to do it. Children are very they're very tech-savvy, and many times if a teacher says, hey, I want you to send a video, children know how to record a video and upload it. Well, let's pretend your little child, who is self-conscious about his stutter, uploads a video with significant stuttering for everyone to see. When I mean everyone, I mean the classmates, and everyone's in their home. You have no idea if siblings are walking by the computer or the parent of the children at home. Who knows? But the child had no opportunity to be prepared. They uploaded it, and there it was. The same situation occurs with discussion groups. So all of a sudden, I stutter, and I'm in the middle of the screen stuttering, and my point here is when they had no preparation and no warning. Yes, kids who stutter sometimes are going to stutter, and they, we want to teach them how to deal with that. My key point here is the parents had no idea the child was going to be asked to do it, or the speech pathologist at school and the teacher Things were so insane in the spring that a teacher could possibly forget that a kid in their classroom has a stutter during these crazy times. So as a parent, you want to know, will my child have to upload video content and be in discussion groups? And then teachers remember to get with the SLP to find out who's on their caseload. Number three, there's a difference between accommodations and enabling a child who stutters. Enabling is disabling. If you excuse children from talking, they will pay for it later. I'm gonna give you an example. A 17-year-old just came into my life two months ago. For the last four academic years, his teachers have been enabling him, excusing him from reading out loud, not calling on him. Spanish class has allowed him to go through Spanish class without talking. So he's 17 years old. We can do the math. A year from now, he's going to go to college. On the SSI test, he had a profound stutter. Did enabling help The answer is no. At 17, he asked his parents to to order for him. He never made phone calls. His sister, he would ask his sister to speak for him in certain venues. So enabling is disabling. And I'm a story of it too. There were things I was excused from as a child. When you're enabled, what we're talking about is authority figures, teachers and adults telling you, don't try. You shouldn't attempt to talk. You can't do it, so don't do it. That's what the child's hearing. It's very short-term thinking. So enabling fertilizes the fear of stuttering. Accommodations are different. An example of an accommodation, Tim has anxiety about book reports. Tim can go first, if he'd like to. That's just an example of an accommodation. Number four is teasing. Teasing is devastating for kids who stutter. Kids who stutter are four times at risk for teasing than children who don't stutter. What happens when, with teasing is it presents a lot like post-traumatic stress disorder Maybe I read out loud in class in fourth grade and some kids start laughing at my stutter. I remember the moment as being a traumatic moment. I start to develop beliefs. The kids think I'm dumb, I can't read. The kids think I'm awkward and weird because I stutter. And then I begin to avoid. I'm self-conscious about my stutter. My identity can form around my stuttering. So teasing cannot be permitted. In the classroom, the teachers want to know the child stutters and to be watching out for these things. A lot of times the teasing happens under the radar, in the hallway, in the lunchroom, in PE. Now, if we think the teasing can't happen with online education, we are wrong. And here's an example. Cyberbullying can happen. A seventh grader in May... Uploaded some content with severe stuttering. And seventh graders a lot of times have smartphones. So what were they doing? Some children were texting and chatting about his stuttering that they saw. So that's cyberbullying. So we as adults, parents and teachers, have to see the reality of kids who stutter and do our best to provide a safe environment for learning, whether it be cyber or in-person. Number five, strategies. Some strategies that are helpful for kids who stutter are covered on my handout at stuttering-specialist.com. Here's an example, just to remind you again, of an accommodation. A child who stutters maybe can go first on the book reporter show and tell where note cards are discouraged a child who stutters is allowed to hold a note card with lines in it called phrasing so kids who stutter are allowed an accommodation to read out loud with lines in it if they feel that will help them I have a YouTube channel, Tim Makassi, if you just search my name, you'll find it. There's a couple I'd like you to look at. One is strategies for oral reading, and the other one is benefits of phrasing. So those two films that include parents of kids who stutter and kids who stutter will be very helpful in demonstrating these phrasing strategies and strategies to read out loud more fluently. You remember phrasing was in the King's speech? And Joe Joe Biden, after watching the King's speech, says that the nuns taught him phrasing when he was a child. Also remember that if you have a child who stutters, the child is exempt from taking a timed oral reading test where every error is counted against him. For example, the Dibble test, D I B E L, the Dibble is used across many different school, school, school systems. And the child is told to read a paragraph as fast as he can, and any mispronunciation is counted against him. So that child is graded. So if you st- st- stutter when you're reading, it's counted against you. So it's biased against children who stutter. The people who wrote the Dibble and any test like it, in the fine print it says children with a speech impediment are exempt. So make sure if you're a parent or teacher, you understand the child with the stutter is exempt. I've seen kids held back a grade because someone who administered the test thought that they were illiterate when they had a unique way of stuttering, maybe some sort of blocking that the person misinterpreted as being unable to read. Yes, it happens. It happens more than we would like to say. Number six is stay fluid and collaborate. During this pandemic, maybe a child is starting at school and then coming home or part-time, part-time at home, part-time at school. Stay fluid, collaborate, talk with the teachers and the school faculty, continue to work with them, advocate for your child. We all have to stay patient with each other. A lot of raw nerves right now. Continue to follow up. I wish everyone a good school year. We all pray this is one and done, that by next year, August, that there will be a vaccine and solutions at least enough to control this for children to get back in the learning environment, back with their friends, and all the things that are important to children. So I wish you well. Thank you for your time.